It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I want to thank you for listening and for all your support as we at Death, Sex, and Money have made our move to Slate. Your stories, voice memos, and emails have meant so much to the team. As part of this transition, there's a new way to support our show financially at Slate, our new home. And you'll get something special in return. Subscribe to Slate Plus, and you'll not only support our work on death, sex, and money, you'll get access to new benefits, including listening to us and all of the other great shows Slate makes, like Slow Burn and Dakota Ring, without any ads or sponsor breaks. To subscribe, just click Try Free at the top of the Death, Sex, and Money show page on Apple Podcasts or visit slate.com slash DSM plus to get access wherever you listen. Thanks. Hi, it's Anna. Earlier this week, I talked with actor Kevin Bacon on stage in New York in front of a live audience. And I wanted to share that conversation with you right away. Thanks for having me. How's everybody doing? He's in a new show on Amazon called I Love Dick. It's directed by Jill Soloway, who also created Transparent. And Kevin Bacon plays Dick, a sculptor and rancher in Marfa, Texas, who everyone in town wants to sleep with. The show I Love Dick is all about exploring the constraints of monogamy. In real life, Kevin has been married for nearly 30 years to actor Kira Sedgwick. So I wanted to know about that contrast and what it's been like for him to play a role at 58 years old that is most defined by sexual magnetism. Uh, you know, I can't really 100% act that, you know what I mean? It's like I, I don't really feel like I can act... Um, you can't come into a room, in in my opinion, sexy. You can come into a room wanting something. You can come into a room being desirous of another person. You can walk into a room, you know, hungry or angry or fearful or or irritated. There's a lot of other things that you can kind of play. But sort of trying to play uh, sexy is not something that really works. I mean, it, however, that being said, I think that the, the, it's a story that needs to be told. So not, not just me, but everybody that's involved with it, whether it's camera, um, music, hair, makeup, wardrobe, is to try to create this uh, you know, kind of object of desire. So there's been much said about Jill Soloway's sets and how she creates these mm. really intense communities. You know, on Transparent, for example, mm. actors on that show have talked about how being on that show has made them think about gender in different ways and mm. sexuality in different ways. Have you found working with Jill Soloway on, and on I Love Dick, are you thinking about desire and monogamy in ways that you hadn't before? No. Okay. <laughs> no. No, I'm not. I mean, I love the experience, and um, I certainly had a fantastic, um, uh, as an actor, it was a great place for me to go because um, 
you know, I've done so much work that I'm, I'm sort of at a point where I'm very, very practical about my work. You know what I mean? I, 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 I want to, uh, I do my homework. I want to know what the day is. I, I don't want to, you know, fuck around and waste time. And you know what I mean? I want to, I want to come in and do my thing. And I, I had to kind of let a lot of that go because uh, it was a very, very fluid sort of process. Not chaotic, but just kind of f- fluid. And my wife, who uh, uh, is often, you know, gives me a lot of sage advice, you know, said to me, you know, you need to leave yourself open to the ex- experiences. You know, when, when sometimes I would, I would come home and I'd be like, oh, my God, it was batshit today. I mean, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And she's like, honey, you just need to, like, leave. And, 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 and I did. It's more of a man. Feel yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and, I, and, I, and I really did. And I, I think I was kind of resistant of it. When, when it comes to my feelings about um, uh, the things that you mentioned before, Monogamy and desire. Monogamy, desire, uh, anything that has a, um, a giant, you know, uh, I, I do, I live my life out, outside of my work to learn and to do and to um, experience these things. You know what I mean? I, I think you have to have some kind of separation where the biggest lessons that you're learning um, are from friends and family and not from um, colleagues necessarily. That's the way I do it. But hmm. That's interesting because you have lived your whole life. On a set. Yeah. I know. It's true. I know. You're right. I mean, it's, you're, you're right about that. But, but I... And yet, um, I think that that, that, that kind of um, um, ability to uh, make my work my work it's not as important let's put it that way it's not as important the biggest lessons that I've uh, learned or the most in- intense experiences that I've had I mean somebody you know you, you hear someone say you know you know men you know whatever winning this Oscar is the greatest experience of my life and you know I feel bad for that person honestly hmm. you know not that I, I haven't won an Oscar so <laughs> you know by the way by the way, I don't mean to like jinx it because uh, you know, let, let me decide, all right? You know, <laughs> but I mean, when I hear that sort of thing, I, I think to myself, really, okay, you had a kid and that wasn't as good. You know, I don't know, you know. So I want to ask you about those most important parts of your life. You have been married almost thirty years now. Mm-hmm. When you got married, do you remember what you expected marriage would be, and has it been what you <laughs> thought it would be? Um. Uh. Do I remember what I expected? Wow, you know, I don't know what we expected, honestly. I don't, uh, I didn't have any kind of like big plan, I don't think, you know. I really didn't. Um, I mean, I remember it being uh, kind of uh, certainly frightening and um, important and, you know, in some ways... uh, I, yeah, I, mean, I, remember, I remember being like a like a big big thing in my life, but it's not like I thought to myself, "Well, n- this is what it's going to be." And so, has it been? I don't know. It's it's just been what it is. I I, I don't even know how to answer that. It it's just been us. It's been the two of us. It's a it's a I don't know. It's a a a, a partnership that you know. In this case, 
you know, it works. Yeah. I mean, I don't, um, it's funny because, you know, I got to tell you, especially now that it's been so many years and, uh, you know, when you add up those years that every year we've been married, more people say, how do you keep them? Like, like when we were married two years, nobody said, how do you keep that marriage yeah. going? You know? <laughs> And but like every year, every time I do an interview, that that becomes up more and more. And that you know, I've literally gotten to the point where I say, I'm just that's a question that I just can't answer because, um, especially in print, it's going to be uh, a soundbite, and it's so disrespectful to uh, the marriage to turn it into well. It's because of, you know, whatever. I used to have a quote that I used, which keep, was, keep the fights clean and the sex dirty. And I thought it was it's a good, good quote. Yeah. yeah, it was a good quote. I used it for probably 10 years, yeah. right? <laughs> and then it got to the point where people said, started going, now I know you said keep the fights clean and the sex dirty, but I want the real answer. And I was like, you know what, fuck you. That's what I got. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 got, I, I mean, I... I, I I don't know. I, I I just feel like the when I, whenever I pick up the, the uh, you know something an interview that I've done or or even a um, well these days you know it's going to be become a you know a, a, just a a clip you know or a sound bite you know and I see what it is that I say I go oh that's just awful it's just it's you know I I so I'm, I try not to. Um, answer try to give a good answer to that which clearly i'm not well it's i mean i i hear you like to to have been in your family and to have married and to have become a father all while being quoted by you know tabloid press and celebrity press like of of course you've learned to edit yourself over time about something that you're trying to protect um when you became a father you were already super famous Mm -hmm. footloose had happened Mm -hmm. You had married in 88. Your first son is born in 89. What do you remember about what you wanted from your career as you were becoming a father, having had the experience of the huge mega hit in your life transformed Oh, yeah, it was that? really bad, actually. I mean, I, well, I mean you know, it was a, it was a great uh, kind of combination passage because I was, uh, had, you know, I got married. We got pregnant on the honeymoon. We didn't know each other. I mean, we knew each other maybe, I don't know, six months or a year. I don't even yeah. know. I'm not so good on the timeline, but but we, we hadn't really, uh, it, it was everything happened really quickly. Uh, I think right around the same time my mother was diagnosed with cancer, um, I felt like from a career standpoint that it was kind of a, a, a real low. Um, you know, the things that I thought were going to work just weren't working um it was a very very difficult time um for me I, and that was exacerbated by the fact that as in love as i was and so thrilled and so excited about this beautiful wife and the, this beautiful pregnant woman and this child coming into my life um i was making a movie about underground worms and uh, <laughs> yeah and when I was when we were doing a movie, uh, Tremors, it's called Tremors, and uh, we were up in Lone Pine, California. Kira was nine months pregnant, and uh, out in the, we're out in the desert, very much like um, it feels very much like Marfa in a lot of ways. When I think about it, you know, landscape wise, that that sort of like sweeping high desert, um, you know, endless sunlight and and cool at night and warm during the day. I mean, 
And uh, we had this little house on the on the on a street in uh, Marfa, Texas. And in the middle of the night, I would pick her up. I was a sleepwalker, and uh, I would um, you know scream, "We have to get out of here! They're coming for us! They're coming!" The, you know, monsters and the whole thing. And and she, would, I would pick up my she'd be like, "Honey, honey, it's okay." And I would literally try to walk her out into the street and get her out of the house. And uh, she'd wake me up, and then we'd go back to bed. And, the th- and, and really, like, was it about tremors? Partly, but it was also kind of about uh, just a lot of anxiety. Tremors. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. about the, what was going to happen, you know, in the future. Um, so, you know, it was a, uh, you know, interesting, interesting, confusing, um, but sort of fantastic passage, you know. Um, what did you find that... Like when you think of when that passage ended and you started to feel grounded again, what mm. was it? Uh, still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I think, I, I suppose that uh, after that I went and she started working and we started working. And, we, and, and, and once, once, our, once our son Travis was born, you know, uh, now... You gotta just, you know, you gotta stop fucking around. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you got a kid now. You gotta just, you know, really focus a lot on on him and our lives and trying to provide. And she and and she was ready to go out and work. And uh, um, so we were doing a lot of traveling and a lot of uh, living on the road with um, a, an infant and uh, a dog and uh, and my wife and, and I. And we, we lived in city after city all over the country, um, packing everybody up and going. We were, you know, the thing about us is that uh, we're, um, we've, we've had this, like, kind of super, uh, you know, what people would call a stable sort of existence because we've been married for so long and, you know, there's that. But we really are um, vagabonds, you know. We uh, we always have a suitcase packed, uh, in a way. There's always a suitcase kind of sitting around somewhere because we know that we can't get too sort of stuck. And that means physically moving, but it also is like kind of like, you know, job to job to experience to experience. And I think that that's one of the things that we kind of continue to do. And at that point in our lives, when our, our kids were very, very little, we were still really, really deeply in that. And, and uh, you know, you could look at it and go, well, what are you chasing, man? You know, or, well, you know, what are you running from or whatever? But um, whatever we were running from, we were running from it together. Yeah, to have a teammate in that. Exactly. Like, That's exactly right. Powerful way to start a family. Yeah, yeah. That's how we're all moving through the world, yeah. <laughs> even if we don't move apartments. Or, right. You know, life is coming at us in ways that we don't expect and don't always have to be. I'm not sure I answered your question, but that that was a yeah, you did. Okay. Um, so so now your children are both performers. They are, yeah. So what yeah. having having had the experience you have had with Hollywood and seeing the sort uh-huh. of how it can affect your life, um, what do you tell them about how to protect the core of themselves as they start their careers? <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that's funny about but, but one of the things that I did imagine, not so much about marriage, but about parenthood, was that there would be those moments when I was going to tell them something. But so far, they haven't really come up. 
I mean, I keep, I keep thinking, you know, in every, every movie that you see, there's like this like, great thing is I remember my dad saying to me, and it's like, ah, I don't know. It just seems like it doesn't, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that we have those kinds of like specific discussions. I, I feel like um, I, uh, once in a while, now that they're in their 20s, there will be something where where we can you know give some kind of uh, advice, but it really has to us been more about leading by example and you know wanting them to take their own path and their own road and being supportive of of the things that they are doing and and discovering and be, you know just being less of a we're we are uh, I mean we have a certain amount of rules about. Uh, being honest and compassionate and, and a, you know, a decent person. But, like, outside of that, you know, there's not a lot of, like, r- rules. You know what I mean? Uh, also, being able to uh, support yourself and make your own money, that's another kind of, you know, um, thing that we've tried to teach them. How did you teach them that? Uh, just, uh, you know, they kind of uh, sort of got it by, a, by osmosis. I mean, I don't know. Just didn't give them the credit cards or whatever. I don't know. Just they they... You know, my son has been, they've both been working, you know, since, since they were, you know, pretty young, you know, trying to do their own thing. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure. That's, again, that's another thing. I'm not exactly sure, sure how I teach that. Did you tell them our money is not your money after a certain point? No, never told them that. Um, you know, I don't think they ever felt like, uh, you know, we were going to kick them out on the street or something like that, but, but, uh. They, I think they also both have a very, very strong work ethic, whatever. They, both of their parents have been working since they were teenagers um, and supporting themselves since they were teenagers. So, you know, if that's what both your parents have been doing, um, then maybe that's what you're going to do, you know. Um, my daughter uh, is an actress now, but for many years was really not uh, pursuing it. And even though... I cast her as a as a as a young girl in a movie that I directed. Um, we didn't really think that she was going to do that. Um, and when she finally came to us and 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 left school and said, "This is what I want to do," I said, "What happened to uh, you? Don't want to do that? What happened to you saying that you felt that this was not something that you were interested in?" She said. I said that because I thought that's what you wanted to hear. And I realized at that moment that for whatever reason, we had um, not really supported the idea of acting as a career. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, to, to th- it's almost like, uh, you know, there's an element of it that Kira and I, as, 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 as incredible as these careers have been for us and we have so much gratitude to be able to work together and i don't want to put words in her mouth but it's it's a lifetime of being told no right you know you you most of what happens to you as an actor is you audition for things you don't get them you know mostly it's people saying you're not this you're not tall enough you're not old enough you're too young you're too short you're too fat you're too thin you're you know whatever you're you're not right i mean just think about that as a statement you know He's not right. You know, he's hmm. just not right for this, you know. Hmm. She's just not right. It's a it's a weird kind of like thing to want to toss your child into that um, you know, lion pit. So, I think that while we 
as I said, have been always, you know, supportive of what they wanted to do. Somehow she got the message that we were saying that. Now that she's doing it uh, and enjoying it and working extremely hard at it, it's really nice to be able to actually share a little bit of experience. Coming up, I asked Kevin Bacon what it's been like to be publicly recognizable for his entire adult life and about the moment when he had fame but not a lot of financial security. I want to ask you about money. Sure. You need some? (laughs) Always. Yes, please. This episode is brought to you by Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he will chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Shankar Vedantam, here to tell you about a great mystery. That mystery is you. As the host of a podcast called Hidden Brain, I explore big questions about what it means to be human. Questions like, where do our emotions come from? Why do so many of us feel overwhelmed by modern life? How can we better understand the people around us? Discover your hidden brain. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. We have had a lot of exciting new things to share with you about the show recently, but this might be some of our biggest news yet. Death, Sex, and Money is officially going to be live in New York City at the Tribeca Festival on June 11th. And I want to personally invite you to the live taping we'll be doing with the legendary journalist Kara Swisher. If you know Kara's work, you know her ability to get people to tell her things is unmatched. And she does it in her signature hard-charging way. She's not afraid of things getting a little combustible. I have a slightly different interview style, so we're going to talk about that and play around with that in experimental ways that I think will make this a special show unlike any of our other live shows up to this point. And it's not often that I get to do a live Death, Sex, and Money show in New York, so I really hope to see you there. Whether you're in the city, on the East Coast, or just been looking for a reason to visit New York City, come on June 11th for this show. You can get tickets now at TribecaFilm.com slash Death, Sex, Money. We are so excited to see you there. This is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. I'm Anna Sale. Kevin Bacon and his wife, Kira Sedgwick, were clients of investor Bernie Madoff. 
and they lost a lot of savings when that Ponzi scheme collapsed in 2009, though they've never said precisely how much. I asked Kevin about the day that he learned that his seemingly brilliant money manager was, in fact, a fraud. I've been robbed a bunch of times since I was a little kid. You know, I used to get beaten up and my lunch money stolen. I was robbed at gunpoint on the Upper West Side in in the 80s, you know. So um, somebody comes either into your pockets or into your house and takes something from you. Uh, It leaves you definitely with a, a sick kind of feeling. However, I think that um, you have to live your life uh, trying to avoid bitterness. So, because that'll kill you, you know. Um, I'm sure it's killing him, you know. So, you know, I I, uh, I try to uh, just move on. Do you think about money differently, having gone through that? Uh, you know, I think that it, 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 when you're an actor. Uh, or any kind of a sort of creative person, you often you you feel like that's not what you should be focused on. Now, granted, we all have a different relationship with money, and it is a very very complex thing. It's it's just as complex as death and sex, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and um, so. I don't want to make generalizations about actors but and artists in general, but oftentimes we put that off as a, to, into a place where somebody else is going to have to worry about it because we're doing something that is above and beyond that and loftier than that. And I think that probably to a certain extent I was kind of part of that. I've never really been very, very good at understanding money and and I, I you know it took me a long time to figure out how to even balance a checkbook my parents were not very good at teaching us any kind of lessons about money they just weren't we didn't have a lot of money but we didn't we but but we never felt like we were going to be going hungry you know we all went to public schools but if you really needed something there was some money there for it, you know, it, was, it was a weird kind of message it was never really like here are the ins and outs of it um so, if anything, it taught me that, yeah, you got a lot on your plate. You're going around, you're doing parts, you're doing this, you're doing that. You're, you know, doing interviews and you're busy and you're trying to raise your family. And you're, and let's put all these things in order. Along with that, you should have a little bit of an idea of what's going on with your money. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and in that case... I think we just kind of, like many people, just sort of looked the other way and went, that's over there. It's working great. Look at all that interest coming in. I'm sure, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's fine. I'm not going to p- kind of keep an eye on it. Um, and let me also say that, that when the whole thing shook down, uh, we, we, we did okay. You, and you were, you were like 49 when that happened? You're turning know. 50? You're, you're just, it's interesting to me that you're I that I hate the stage. nines. I've always said that I just don't like nines. And I'm about to have a nine next year. So I hope it's not a bad year because so far the nines have not been good. The nines have not been good. I mean, for that to happen when you're 40, did you, did you make different choices professionally mm. because of that? 
Uh, no, I don't think so. I'll tell you, actually, uh, again, I'm not so good with the timeline, but I think the cure was on the closer at that time. And that was really, um, uh, really, really helpful because that show, if she hadn't walked away, it's still, there's still a spinoff that's happening. I think it would still be on the air. And I think at, at, at at one point she was the, you know the highest paid woman on television so you know shout out to kira yeah right on yep. i mean <laughs> l- let's not feel too bad for the bacons uh, you know, <laughs> uh i don't i don't i'm not i'm not trying to weave a sad tale of you know i mean i think that you um again this is that thing you know you gotta you gotta look at what's good in your life. You know you gotta look at what the what the positives are. But what what are you gonna do? Like you know you, if you you know I can't. You know, my, what am I gonna do? Trying to you know find the guy and say you know you took my money. I'm punching him in the face. I mean you know what I, I you know what am I gonna do? And have you let go of the bitterness? Are yes. You still trying. You have. I have no bitterness about that at all. None. Because you've been recognizable, basically. It's, since you arrived in New York City, you, your career took off very quickly. You became famous. Is there a place, can you feel relaxed in public anywhere? Um, relaxed in public. Well, you know what it is? I, I, I honestly, I don't mean, I'm not, hmm. I don't know exactly what uh, relaxed is exactly <laughs> well i mean i know what relaxed is at home but relaxed in public I, I i when i go out of the house uh once i walk out uh on the other side of that threshold uh i have a i'm i'm bobbing and weaving a little bit i am always and although i would say that when it comes to celebrity friendly places I think most people would be surprised to hear this, but New York is the most celebrity-friendly place in the world, as long as you stay out of Midtown. And now, 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 uh, I don't go. I don't go to Soho either. Um, but, Thank you for coming down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I basically what I'm saying is that New Yorkers, um, if you're in a place where there are, are mostly New Yorkers, they're probably going to give you their your space. They may say, hey, Kev, your last movie, not too fucking good. <laughs> but, uh, but they're not going to, it's not going to be that same thing. It's not going to be selfies and, you know, um, and all that. We often end our interviews on death, sex, and money with questions about, one about death, one about sex, one about money. Okay. So on death, has there been someone you've lost in your life that, that has left you with regrets? A death that you think that you wish something else would have happened. Hmm. Regrets. Hmm. Uh, yeah, there is. Actually, I had a really good friend who, um, yeah, he just uh, couldn't keep him uh, off of uh, the, could keep the monkey off his back. And uh, I wish that... Uh, that would have gone a different direction. On sex, mm-hmm. you're 58, almost 59. Mm-hmm. How is sex, how do you think about sex in your 50s differently than you did in your 40s? Hmm. 
differently than I did in my 40s. God, that seems like just yesterday, my 40s. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know if I think about it differently. Uh, hmm. I, I guess I feel like... Um, Honestly, I think it's. I, honestly, I feel like it's become, uh, in some ways, even more important to me right now. I almost feel like I'm, like, uh, trying to cram as much of it in before it's over for good. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sound re- weird? I don't know. That that's kind. Of <laughs> That's kind of like, uh, yeah. That's what I Love Dick is picking up. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, because I, I, I uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think that, I think that you know, at a certain age, you, as a man, you know, you're going to start looking down, looking down. I'm not some of the that you know is. I'm not a. I'm not a fatalist kind of person, but obviously. You know, you start looking at uh, a lack of power, you know, at some point, you know, down the road. And uh, for whatever reason, at at this point, approaching 60, um, I'm, I'm, I'm fully committed. <laughs> <laughs> and on money, do you expect to earn more money this year than you did last year? Oh, wow. I don't know about that. Uh, 2017, as opposed to, to well, I got to see if Dick gets picked up. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, you know, people talk about um, net worth, and I think that a lot of people really like uh, to see a number grow on a page, and I, I don't care about that. You know, I want um, whatever whatever the money is going to afford in, in terms of like uh, my family and my, my, you know, a nice, nice place to live and being able to travel in, in a way that we want, being able to, um, you know, give it away or do good things with it. You know what I mean? But to actually see a number on a page is, is something that's never really been interesting to me. I will tell you one more thing about money. And that is that because I worked, um, and really started out um, uh, so as so much as a waiter and kind of like hand to mouth. Um, I always I, I have I always keep I shouldn't even say this, but but I keep a lot of cash with on me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this. how much cash I, I probably even had that much right now. Okay, let's I see. I probably that's, got, that's some bills. I pr- you know I probably have like I don't know. This is this is that this is actually light. Like, really? I, yeah. And you just keep it in your pocket folded up? Yeah. No wallet? Mm-mm. No, no. I just, for some reason, I, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. Like, I don't leave the, leave the house without... And I, 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 I've often said it's because just in case of the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, how do I buy myself off the island of Manhattan? I just like, literally have like the thing. You go, you go down to the Hudson River, and there's one guy, and they're like throwing everybody away, and he's got one little blow-up raft, and I'm like, hey, buddy. <laughs> and he's like, I don't need your cash. You're Kevin Bacon. Come on. That's Kevin Bacon. His new show, I Love Dick, is out now on Amazon. 
You can see video of my entire interview with Kevin Bacon on our Facebook page, including the audience Q&A that followed. Death, Sex, and Money is a listener-supported production of WNYC Studios in New York. I'm based at the Center for Investigative Reporting in Emeryville, California. Our team includes Katie Bishop, Emily Botine, and Andrew Dunn. Thanks to Phoebe Robinson, Destry Sibley, Chase Colpon, and Jennifer Sindro and the entire team at the Green Space at WNYC for their help on this episode. The Reverend John Delore and Steve Lewis wrote our theme music. I'm on Twitter at Anna Sale. The show is at Death Sex Money. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter. Go to deathsexmoney.org slash newsletter. Our emails are really good. And we are still collecting your student loan stories for an upcoming episode. Email us or send a voice memo to deathsexmoney at wnyc.org. We have heard from a lot of you about how your education debt is shaping your life decisions and that many people in your life, especially your work colleagues, have no idea how much you owe. But I can tell you, student debt is on a lot of people's minds. In fact, someone in the audience even asked Kevin Bacon about his student loans. Um, did you take out student loans? And if so, when did you finally pay them off? <laughs> I didn't go to college. Yeah. That's a way Sorry. to avoid student loans. <laughs> I'm Anna Sale, and this is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.